What would our world be without leaders, innovators, and kingdom builders? Welcome to Under the Crown, where you get inside the twisted minds of our host, Trey Carmichael, and the kings and queens in his circle. Covering leadership, marketing, sales, recruiting, management, and so much more. Under the Crown is here to help you build your kingdom. Are you prepared for the siege? What's going on, guys? It's your man here, Trey Carmichael, coming at you with another episode of Under the Crown. Today, I've got my man, Zach Sasser, in the building. How you doing today, brother? What's going on, Big Big Dog? Uh, I'm doing good, man. Life is good. So, um, man, focused on work, focused on enjoying life. So, cannot complain. Oh, yeah, man. Well, let's dive right into your story. In a very short time, you've been able to kind of come into the entrepreneurial world, into the sales space, and make a name for yourself. So tell us about it, man. How'd you do that? Yeah, man. So uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Zach Saster, a 23-year-old entrepreneur located here in Dallas, Texas. And um, on top of having a couple couple different companies, me and my brother have a roofing company, got a tree service company, um, full-time real, I, I guess not full-time real estate investor, kind of passive real estate investor, have a, a couple of rental properties, about to close on another one here in the next 30 days. Um, but my main focus is I, I work for a dude named Ryan Stuman, and Ryan Stuman runs one of the largest business masterminds really in the country. Um, and I'm actually his, his top sales producer. So at, at the ripe age of 23, um, man, we're really competing against, against some, some really grown adults um, to, to, you know, win that out and, you know, have success in, in that. Um, but it, it, it always wasn't that way. I started off as an intern. So I started off as a 19-year-old intern. Uh, because my my dad had actually been a part of the mastermind, and so he he got me plugged in there as an intern, and and man, really just just working my tail end off, really had had a chip on my shoulder, had something to prove, and uh, just went above and beyond on, in in every aspect until it got me recognized. And I feel like that's such a such a key part of my my story is because I I, I wasn't born with a silver spoon. I had, I grew up in a roof, uh, an entrepreneurship family, or a roofing family, and we had good years and we had bad years, but it it, it it, it wasn't like handed to me. Um, it was something that I had to go out there and I, I had to, um, what do they call it? Cut, cut my teeth, you know, re- really do it myself and, and kind of, kind of prove what I had. Um, so man, that, that, that's what I got going on. I, I, I focus on sales. Now I'm building sales teams, uh, not only at Apex, but also in uh, multiple other companies too, starting to invest my money. Um, so, I mean, that, that's really what I got going on. Awesome, man. So what were, what do you think were some of the key things that actually allowed you to go from being the intern to one of the top producers? Because you can't walk into a company like Ryan Stumans and, you know, knock it out of the park like that without doing something right. 100%, man. And really what I think it comes down to is our core values. Um, a lot of companies talk about core values and it's it's just kind of like a buzz where pe- people just, yeah, you know, we, we got core values and then you ask them what they are and it's like, uh... Or, or maybe they can rattle it off and we're like, okay, if we asked your employees, would they be able to recite them? Would they, and, you know, do they even know them or is that just mm-hmm. something that y'all, y'all low-key have? Um, but, man, all, we, we really live and die by our core values. So core values was something that was instilled into me very early on. Um, so our core values are RISE. So it's, it's R-I-S-E. R stands for responsibility. And the principle that goes with that is we make no excuses. 
So never making excuses. If you don't meet a deadline, there's no excuse. You just get it done. Um, and then you don't let it happen again. And that's something that I've lived and died by. Um, I stands for integrity, which is we do what we say we're going to do when we say we're going to do it. And I was huge on that. Even as an intern, hey, I need to meet this deadline. I'm going to do it. Hey, I'm going to accomplish this. I'm going to do it. Um, so just sticking to your word. Um, S stands for service, which our principle that goes along with that is we go above and beyond. Um, so a story that that Ryan loves to tell is whenever I was an intern, we were going through plastic bottles left and right. Like it was like we were, we're shit. practically the whole office was on 75 hard at one point. We, we all focus on fitness and business and family and really all aspects of life. So, I mean, we're healthy people, um, but we were just running through some plastic water bottles. And I was like, man, I'm, that, that's real wasteful. Why don't we just go get a, a Brita filter or something like that? And instead of, you know, whining about it or something like that, I just went up and, and got it. You know, I, I was on an intern salary, just grabbed $50 Brita filter and just brought it up to the office. And, and they, they just thought that was so amazing that an intern went out of his way to, to go do that, really just going above and beyond. Um, so perfect example. And then the E stands for excellence. And our principle behind that is we, we do the work. Um, really, we do the work despite because everybody likes to do the work until excuses pop up. But we do the work despite the excuses. We do the work despite wanting to feel like it. We do the, the work despite any excuse that you could really make. Um, so core values, man, re really just being who you say you're, you are and um, striving for excellence and, and not really making excuses. So I love that you told that story about how you went out and got that Brita filter because it seems like a small thing to most people. But ultimately, that in itself is probably why you have been so successful in sales is because you are actively looking for the ways to serve people, whether it's the big ways, the small ways. You're aware of how you can serve people and you're actually willing to go out of your way to do that, which, quite frankly, I think that that is one of the most important things in sales that most people forget. They go into the call thinking about them, 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 when they should be thinking about you know, they should be thinking about the other person on the other side of the on the other side of the call, not themselves. So that that in itself says a lot about the success that you've had. That's what it is, man. So so really, one thing that I was always taught about sales is you only need two things to be successful in sales. You need confidence and you need empathy. So let's talk about that. So empathy. What is empathy? Empathy is not just understanding somebody else, but them knowing that you understand them. So I'm going to say that again. So it's not just knowing somebody. I can know you all day long, but if you don't know that I know where you are, then we're, that's not that's not connection. That's not, you know, me understanding where you are. And even if it is me understanding where you are, I need you to know that I understand where you are so that we have that mutual connection. We know where you are. So once you have that empathy, you understand where somebody is and they know that you understand where they are. Next thing up is you need confidence. And what that confidence is, is not a fake it till you make it type of confidence, not like a, a douchebaggy type thing. It's confidence in your product and confidence that your product or service can solve their solution. So now we, not only do we know where they're at, now we're confident that our product and our solution can solve their problem too. After that, it's, there, there's variables, you know, there's objections and stuff like that. That's where, you know, your objection and and education and even then confidence you know understanding your product like the like the back of your hand comes into play um but at, at the very basis that that's all sales is is understanding where somebody is and solving that problem and being so confident that your your product or solution can or product or service can solve that for them um and man i i really think i'm i'm really good at both of those you know i understand my products back in like the back of my hand 
And on top of that, I, I care about people. And I feel like that's something that there's a shortage of in this marketplace. Everybody's looking to make a quick dollar. They're not focused on changing lives. And whenever you, you switch that around and you're like, man, I, I just want to help people, whether I'm an intern or whether I just get promoted to sales or whether I'm the top sales producer for an eight-figure consultant business, I just want to help people. And, and I know whenever I help enough people, Zig Ziglar said it best, when you help enough people get what they want, you get what you want. And that's what I was focused on since day one is, is just approaching it from a servant heart. So, man, so I'd like your opinion on the difference between confidence and charisma and if you feel like you were always the charismatic person before you got into the sales space. Yeah, man. So, so confidence and charisma, how, how I view confidence is confidence is not looking for approvals mm -hmm. from other people. Confidence is just kind of like in, in, in all being knowing, um, if that makes sense. Yep. Whereas charisma is just simply the energy, bringing the energy. Charisma is being able to, to round the troops up and go on a mission. Um, I, I don't think they're the same. Uh, confidence is something that you have internally, whereas mm -hmm. charisma is something that you you people can feel, other people can feel. Yep. Um, what was the question again? It was ultimately what you feel like the difference is between the two, because I feel I have come to believe that the charisma kind of comes from the confidence, but I but I feel like charisma is a very important skill when it comes to sales, especially if you're going to get to a point where you're going to sell to a one to many, which I'm sure you understand very well you have to do if you're going to take that top producer level in sales. Yeah, so so the, the best way I, I would view charisma versus confidence is charisma is being able to instill something else into somebody else. So, hey, we have this mission, let's go get it. Whereas confidence is, is more an internal, like a one-on-one -on -one battle. It's, it's, it's with yourself. Um, so confidence is getting yourself sold on it. Charisma is being able to get other people sold on it. That's a very beautiful way to put that. Do you think that you had the charisma before you got into sales or has that been something you've had to build up? Because you, you seem like someone who's just fairly naturally charismatic from what I've seen. Man, so, so I'll, I'll say leadership and I, I really think that's what it is, is leadership always kind of came natural to me. Um, on the elementary school football field, you know, at recess, I, I was the leading quarterback. Like, I like I was just, I don't want to say I'm popular because nobody gives a shit about popularity, but, like, I, I had a natural any ability to lead people. Um, so I, I would say that it came naturally to me, but I, I wouldn't say that I haven't had to grow and, and improve that the entire journey. Um, I, I think that's life. I, I think that's anything in life. Maybe you have a, a, a certain specific skill, but if you're not constantly improving and progressing on that skill, then eventually people are going to catch up to you because other people are. Um, I think it was the, the Rock that said that is you, you got to think like other people are working 24-7 to, to, to come after you and, and come beat you. And I'm not saying that that's, you know, with leadership and stuff like that, like people are like, oh, I, I got to be a better leader than him. I don't know. Maybe they are. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I was always naturally, you know, the, the leadership type. Um, but it's definitely something that I've had to grow and and continue to to sharpen my my axe and my tools and and become better because um, one well, one thing that I noticed is, is I was able to lead a certain specific of of demographic and and certain type of personality traits and I've had to you know spread that out to all these different personality traits um, so always getting better man but it, it definitely did come natural to me. Mm -hmm. So do you think that when you got into sales in a space where you were talking to people that a lot of them, quite frankly, were at least twice your age. Do you think that there was a barrier whenever you initially started having those conversations? 
I do, man. I do. Um, but I, I think the cool thing about that is whenever you're transparent, authentic, and people can just feel that you you just want to help them, like you just have a good heart. Um, not only that, but whenever you have the work ethic and the ambition that a lot of these successful entrepreneurs, you, you guys think, who am I selling to? I'm selling to people running seven, eight, nine figure businesses, people that are driving around in Lamborghinis. One of our dudes even has a Bugatti. Like those are the type of people that I'm selling to. That, like I, I can't come in the door acting like I know more than them. That that's not going to work. But what is going to work is them seeing a, a version of them in me and be like, man, if 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 I got in the room whenever this kid was like, how old is he? He's 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. If if I was in this room at that age, dude, imagine where I would be. And it's almost like like they buy into my personal story. Um, I think the most successful people that that have come through our company are people that that can build that kind of story. Um, that personal brand that people buy into because at the at the end of the day, companies are one thing. People are going to buy companies, but more so than that, I've made more sales through people buying simply because of me, watching my journey, watch how it's changed my life. And, and I'm not just simply selling the mastermind. I'm actually living it and doing it. I'm investing my money. I'm building businesses. I'm, I'm becoming a better leader. I'm building sales teams. Like I'm, I'm actually doing it so that they're able to see, damn, if, if, if this 23-year-old kid can do it, surely I, you know, me with 20 years experience, 30 years experience, surely I can actually do it too. Makes sense. So, so, so the best way I could say it is it's a double-edged sword. In the beginning, it was tough, but then once I got out of that un uncomfortable zone, or actually once I got into that uncomfortable zone, it, it actually helped me a little bit more than, uh, than hurt me. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit more about the mastermind and how that has actually affected you and your growth since you've been able to be around all of these high performers and people like Ryan Stuman and the people that he runs around with. Oh man, it, it, it's been everything. Um, I attribute a ton of my success to, to being in this room and, and being plugged in with the people, the, the caliber of people that, that I'm plugged in with. Um, we, we have a saying inside of Apex, it says your alignment takes precedent over your assignment which basically means who you do life with is more important than what you do in life. Because once you get surrounded by the right people, you'll do the right things, you'll meet the right people, you'll see the right opportunities, you'll have the right epiphanies. Everything correct happens once you get surrounded by those people. And that's really what Apex is. 95% of our clients get the most value out of the network, just simply being surrounded by those people. Um, yes, it is, is the coaching and training on marketing and sales and you know hiring, training, systems, processes. It, taxes, investment, is all that stuff cool? Yes, and, and I learned a ton from that. But man, the, the network and the, and the relationships that I've gotten, just, just being able to be in, man, perfect example, Lamborghinis and Bugattis, like being able to talk to those type of people. I, I was just with him yesterday, the, the guy that, the gentleman that drives the Bugatti, I was with him yesterday. And just being able to talk to somebody like that, like I'm, I'm thinking if, if I didn't have Apex and I wasn't in that room, how, how else would I be able to talk to somebody of that caliber? You know, and, and not only that, but how else would, would they actually respect me and, and want to have a conversation and want to pour into me because they saw a version of them in me. Mm -hmm. So, man, it, it's been everything um, the, the the people that I've been surrounded by, the relationships that I made. Um, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm forever grateful for Apex. So if you were if you could go, if I'm actually curious, if you could go back just a few years, would you do any of it differently or would you do the exact same thing? That's a great question. I, I think there's always things that I would change. Um, I would do a lot of it similarly, 
but I, I, I think I could, I think I could improve basically in every aspect. Um, I, I, I would have gotten outside of my comfort zone earlier. I would have, um, I would have poured more into people. I, I would have focused on building the relationships more. Um, I, I, I definitely would have done it different, man. Um, I, I just don't think it, it's any like big, big changes. I think it's just like turn everything up. Hey, let's go all in on this. Let's learn more. Let's teach. Let like you know, um, what's the right word? Um, build more relationships. Like like let's just turn everything up and go all in on it more, even more so than than what I was. Mm -hmm. So what have you what have you found? Or I mean, outside of the empathy and the confidence, what have you found that really makes the difference in building the relationships with these people at that level? Um. Another great question, man. I, I, I think a huge thing to relationships building is not needing anything. And I think this is something that so many people mess up is because they need something. It's like, uh, I was just talking to, to the gentleman yesterday. He was saying the exact same thing. He's like, man, I, I don't even go on podcasts anymore is because I don't feel like the podcast guests can provide any value to me. Like they, they just want me on their podcast so I can provide value. They just want me to water down my messaging because more people can hear it. Um, they're like, I'm providing value to them. They're not providing value to me. Um, and, and that's what so many people mess up is, is they're always looking to take, they're always looking, man, what can this person give me? Can this person help me grow my business? Man, I'm going to this mastermind. I need to get this value in order to, to get the ROI out of the mastermind. Whereas if they just simply approach it, like, man, I, I'm good. I have a successful business. I have a portfolio. Like my life is perfectly fine with or without this. Do I think, you know, meeting the right people and, and being in the right rooms can help me? Sure, but I'm not going to force that. You know, if, if it's there, it's there. But I'm, I'm not going to go in there looking to take from, from other people. I just want to provide value. And I feel like anytime you join like a mastermind and you're looking to take like that, it, it, it never really ends up good. Um, the best people, the people that get the most value out of Apex are the people that come in and they're like, dude, I don't need this group. But I want to I want to get back. I want to provide value. And then they end up getting 10 times the value that they give. Um, just because that that's that's the way the universe works. Um, but I, I think that's a crucial thing is is in building this relationship, think long term and don't think short term. Don't think, man, let me build this relationship so that it can benefit me 30, 60 days down the line. Think, man, I'm gonna build this relationship because this dude's awesome. I don't know if we'll ever do business together, but at least I'll have that relationship in my back pocket. Mm -hmm. It takes most people way longer than it should for them to start looking at things from a long-term vantage point over a short-term vantage point. And I, I've had this conversation on the podcast many times, and ultimately we live in a society where people are very programmed to think that way as well. So it takes a lot of awareness to be able to break that cycle of wanting, of wanting a short-term gain and wanting things right now when we live in such a world of you know, we can have anything, almost anything we want right now, as long as we have the resources to have it. 100%, 100%. But I, I think that's the exact reason why it's so rare is because it, it's not the easy way to think long term. It's, it's much easier to say, man, I have this roadblock right in front of me right now. Let's solve it. Who, who can help me solve it? You know, any, who in my network or, or not even in my network, who can I bring into my network to solve this problem? Whereas it, it's a lot harder to be like, man, I'm, I'm going to solve this problem, but I also see this problem, you know, forming up ahead. Let's start building those relationships because I never know what's going to be up there. And really just approaching it from like a dude, I, I don't need this type mentality. Whenever you approach it with that, um, 
man, desperation is always, always cousins of urgency. So if you're urgent for something, you're going to be desperate for something too. So think by thinking long-term and by setting your entire life up like that, shit, meal prepping, man, hiring people to, to meal prep for you. Now you're not in, in, a, in an anxious, man, I need to go get food. You know, I need to get back to the mm -hmm. office, anything like that. It's just like you have it. You're, you're preparing for it. How, how to set your day up in, in the most efficient way as possible so that you don't have to go to the gym, come back, shower, all that sort of stuff. Hey, let's just go to a gym near near the office. I'll shower there, bring a towel, and then we could just head straight to the office. Like just just setting yourself up and, and thinking longer term, even though that that's simply, you know, on a weekly or daily basis, just thinking long term than than the longer term than the normal person would. Definitely, man. So one of the other shifts that has to be made, and we kind of touched on this briefly, if you want to be a top performing salesperson or if you really want to sell a mass amount of anything, is shifting from a one-to-one -one style of sales to a one-to-many style of sales. And I've been watching you start to take stages and stuff like that. What does that shift look like from more of that one-to-one -to, -one to platform sales for you? Man, so so it really isn't that different. And and the reason I say that is because in in the in terms of sales, I'm I'm still pretty one-to-one. -one. You know, I, I can I can explain different things to people, but it, it's the marketing that's more mass. And this is what allows you to truly scale. Most people, the, the thing about sales is most people are pretty good at sales whenever they have somebody raising their hand saying, Hey, I'm interested in what you have to offer. The problem is is they usually don't have enough people to actually that are interested in what they have to offer. Um, so that's the key is, is being able to mass market and get more exposure. Um, so in, in, in our case, man, this is a perfect example. We're on a podcast. A podcast is such a power move. Uh, force moves versus power moves. What is a force move? A force move is cold emails, cold calls, you know, DMs, door knocking, stuff along those lines where you, you can get that dopamine quick because you could get, you could get a sale today, you know, and so you're just going to keep doing your, you're chasing that dopamine Whereas the power moves, such as a podcast or posting on social media or um, making a video, you know, making a sales video or something along those lines, those power moves, they're not going to get you a sale right now. They may not get you a sale this entire week, but the more you do them, the more you stack those podcasts and the more you stack those power moves, those social media posts and build really build that personal brand. Eventually, you're going to be making sales without having your actually, you know, a sale tied to an hour amount because you, it's just a machine. You know, we, we call it building a machine inside of Apex. It's a machine that's working for you. Um, so I, I think that's key is being able to market yourself to more people. Um, basically marketing and, and advertising is the equivalent of, advertising your business is the equivalent of like being in a dark room and winking at a girl. You know that you winked, but she doesn't know that you wink because it, it's a dark room. And that's what marketing and, and advertising exposure really is is you got to let these people know and do it in a way that isn't, man, business, business, business. Do it in a way where people are actually buying into your personal brand. So you're posting a lot of 80% of your content towards stuff that your ideal client likes. So for me, it's entrepreneurs. What are they into? They're into family. They're into gyms. They're into working out, being healthy, um, investing their money, going on vacations, buying rental properties, that sort of stuff. And then what's the 20%? The 20% is the actual business. Hey, this is what we do. Here's a client win. Here's a testimonial. Here's an event that we're at. It's it's the actual 20% is the business. That way I'm not posting business, business, business all the time, but rather I'm posting stuff that they're interested in and that's entertaining and educating to them. And then 20% of the time, I'm just reminding them, hey, this is what I do. If you need any help, feel free to reach out to me.
So one of the, I get, I suppose, stereotypes about people our age is that ultimately most of us have less to do than, you know, you and I do, but they still have poor time management. So how have you, how have you grown to manage your time with everything else going on? Um, I'm just committed, man. Really. I, I think that's all it comes down to. If you really think about it, everybody has the same amount of time in, in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just committed to, to knocking stuff out. So I'm thinking of different ways to be more efficient. Hey, I'm going to hire my mom to meal prep for me so that I don't have to make food every single day and have to have that drive time. I also don't, I don't want to cook myself. I'd rather have my, my mama's cooking, man. There, there's no better cooking in the world. Um, so she's meal prepping for me. Hey, let's go. I, you know, I, I know I got to get it in the gym. Let's go to the gym near the office so I can shower, knock it out, go straight to the office and, and be done. Um, so I'm, I'm just committed to it, man. I, I don't really view myself as like, oh, a 23-year-old entrepreneur. I'm just, I'm, I'm me. You know, you're, you're just you whenever you wake up you. Um, so I'm, I'm just committed, man. I, I really think that's, that's, that's where I could say it. I, I like that answer. And I wish that I would have uh, come to that conclusion two years sooner because I only I only recently came to that conclusion and I'm 25 now. So you beat me to it. Man, I, I think a lot of it had to do with putting a lot on my plate and just finding a way to do it because I, I truly was just committed to success. Um, so the whole time I was an intern, actually, my my the whole time I was 20 and 21, I was in college full time. So I was taking, I guess. I don't know, between 14 and 16 hours every single semester. Like I'm full-time, a uh, full-time student. And on top of that, I was working full-time too, uh, 40 plus hours every single week. So it's just like, you, you ha- when it, whenever you have it on your plate, you just got to find a way to eat it. Um, and, and that's what I did. I, I still found a way to get in the gym. I, I just found a way to make it happen. And I feel like that's, that's like a true, um, lit- the, the ultimate litmus test into whether you want to succeed or not is whether you just find a way to do it or not. So at this point, I know that you're diversifying your income in different ways. You're investing in different areas. You said you're getting into real estate. Uh, what? How did you start that diversification journey? And how? What advice do you have for younger people who are trying to set that up for themselves? Yeah, man. So so I'm I'm huge into real estate. I I just I've always loved the idea of having a a a real estate portfolio and having rentals and and all that sort of stuff. I, I never really knew how beneficial they actually were to once you start factoring appreciation, depreciation, tax taxes, um, cash flow, equity pay down, principal pay down. Once you start factoring all that on top of leverage too, you, you don't need 100% of the, of the purchase price in order to buy real estate. Um, you can buy your first primary for 3.5 to 5% down. You're, you can buy another investment property for 10% down. And then after that, it's 20 to 25%. Not only that, but there's different ways where you can buy a new primary every single year and rent the old one out after that. Um, so man, there's all sorts of creative ways to get into real estate. For me, it just started as simply buying a house and I, house hacking is really what it is. I just rented a couple of the houses, a couple of the rooms out to, to my buddies um, and my younger brother. So it was like the same amount of rent. If anything, it was a little bit less than like a, a two bedroom apartment is in DFW, but now I'm buying a house. So um, now I'm building that equity. Now I'm, I got time in the market because you're never going to time the market. And for me, I actually got pretty bad timing. I, I was, I bought it whenever the interest rates were on the come up. Um, so the, the house really hasn't appreciated much, but 
there's no way to time that. There's there's no way of telling when you're going to have a, a year of 20% appreciation or 10% appreciation, which if you think about it, I only needed 5% down to buy this house. So if it appreciates 20%, it's not 20% on my 5% down, it's 20% on the entire purchase price. So that's a 4X of my money in one year, not to mention it's appreciation. So it's debt. So it's tax-free too. Um, but man, I, I just always loved the idea of real estate. So I just started learning it. And it, it's one of those things where it's so complicated until you do it. And then you realize it, it's actually not that complicated. Um, so I just started learning. I, I committed to learning it. Bought my first house. Um, ended up last. So I bought my first house about a year ago. Uh, bought a rental property towards the end of that year. And I'm, I'm about to buy a, a, another duplex too. Um, probably here in the next 30, 45 days. So, um, and I, I just love all things real estate. And it, it's just one of those things that I know um, if, if, if I just continue to live below my means and continue to, you know, put that money back now, 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line, that that $1 that I invest now is going to be worth so much more in the future. So instead of throwing it away right now on, on a toy or a vacation or a, a, a depreciating asset or something like that, let me buy this with leverage that's going to appreciate, the equity is going to get paid down, and I'll probably cash flow, maybe not the first couple of years, but eventually I'm going to start cash flowing too. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just, I, I think that's such a smart play, man. Yeah, and so that really does take a, again, a commitment to the long-term thought processes. And I really like that you said that you found that it's not that complicated. Uh, one of the things that I've, that I've worked through with a lot of my clients and, and people in the past is that everybody thinks that everything is going to be very complicated they think that there's this magic machine that's going to make it happen that they have to build is one way to put it but ultimately what i've found is that almost everything comes down to a simple system now simple doesn't mean easy and it's important to clarify that simple doesn't mean easy but most things can be broken down and can be broken down anywhere from three to six steps maybe ten the vast majority of things in business or anything like this, there's not that many steps. It's just figuring out what the action steps are to put it all together. I, I love that, man. I actually always say the exact same thing. Simple does not mean easy. Success is simple, but it, it, it doesn't take that many you know, habits or, or skills in order to stack success, but it's not easy. It's going to be hard. You're going to want to quit. You're, you know, you're going to have days where you're coming home and you're like, dude, what is this all for? Um, so I, I love that you hit on that, man, because success does not or success is simple, but it's not easy. And those do not always mean the same exact thing. Absolutely not. So one of the questions that I always ask everybody that comes on the show, and we've touched on some things that fall into this throughout the interview. But how do you actually carry the weight of your crown and make sure that you're taking care of yourself so that you're showing up for the family so you're showing up for these relationships that you're pouring into and ultimately showing up for yourself as well dude i i, I love that question i love that you asked that question and uh to be honest with you man i i haven't always done it in the best way um six eight months ago i i, I was really struggling with this you know this is something that I, I was really exactly that i was struggling with it um so it's it's a constant journey for me man i i, I think one of the things that really helped me was thinking about what I'm doing this for, because I, I think so many times with, with type A personalities, people that, that can become obsessed really easily, um, you do, you become obsessed and sometimes it's not healthy. Um, so I, I think really going back to your why and hey, why am I doing this? 
you know, am I doing this for the money? Am I doing this to build the business? You know, these sales goals, is that why I'm doing it? Or is it so that I can provide that freedom in order to create memories and to, to build a family and a, really a life, reverse engineer a life of my desire? Um, and, and that's what it is for me. Everybody's different. Some people, it is for that money. Sometimes sometimes it is for that that recognition or those, those awards or, or those different benchmarks. Um, but for me, it, it really is the financial freedom and it's for family. So going back to that and realizing, hey, your business, you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have ebbs and flows, but as long as you don't quit, you're going to be good. Um, but what is this really for? You're not going to be able to switch back the money for the memories whenever you can't create the memories no more. So finding that fine line for everybody, everybody always says there, there's no balance. Um, some people say there's a rhythm, there's a harmony. I, I, I like that definition more, but just finding what that is for you. Because if you think about it, what, what are we on this earth for? And that's a deep question. And it's, it's not something that, that you can easily answer. Um, but if, if, if you're just simply on this earth and you think, man, I don't know why I'm on this earth. I'm just going to work eight hours every single day, five, six days a week. And, you know, look up whenever I'm 65. I, that's not the life that I desire. I'd rather have a life that I enjoy the entire time. I'm helping change lives. I'm, I'm creating financial freedom, not only for myself, but for my team and for my, my friends, my family, all that sort of stuff. And really just becoming the greatest version of myself, not only financially, but in all aspects of life. I really feel like whenever you get clear on that why and that purpose, it, it becomes really easy and, and not necessarily easy, but simple, exactly like what we were just talking about. Um, so, yeah, man, it, it's it's definitely something I've struggled with. Um, but, I mean, ju just finding a way to get through it, regardless, I, I really think that's what sets people apart, you know, the, the winners and the losers. Awesome, man. So what is the best way for people to see more of Zach? Yeah, man, so, so the best way to get a that's it for this episode of Under the Crown. I hope you pick something up that makes your crown just a little bit lighter. If you did, I hope you'll take a second to leave us a review and let us know what it was. At Hephaestus Global, we are working hard to bring entrepreneurs and creators like yourself valuable resources and content that can help you get to the next level. If you feel that you have a story or expertise worth amplifying, make sure you head over to HephaestusGlobal.com to learn more about how you can amplify your message. You can also learn more about how we can become your megaphone and board of advisors to amplify your message to the right audiences while crafting a positive narrative around you and your brand.